Yeah. I mean, my dad always told me, like, two inches is all you need. <laughs> and, uh... Bill Dance story. What do we got? Well, Bob, I was just going to say that uh, you look kind of like Bill Dance in your official get-up doing – got a, a microphone as you as you cast. But, I, yeah, I've got, just got a, a story about Mr. Bill Dance. So back when I started working where I work, I started working in accounting back in the day. And uh, I worked in a cubicle with a couple of ladies. And one was uh, – she was from Louisiana. She was fairly good looking. I mean – Above fair. I mean, she was a good-looking lady. But we were talking one day, and I brought up Bill Dance to her, and she started crying. And I was like, what? 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 Just Bill Dance. She's like, oh, I love Bill Dance. He's like, he's like my father. Like, and just got really weird about Bill Dance. So I'd say a Bill Dance story, and she'd start tearing up. Like, I don't know if she was getting excited or if it was like an emotional daddy thing. But uh, she was a very, very big fan of Bill Dance. So I, I, it's just a very odd story, you know. I mean, she didn't care for me, but she she was very into Bill Dance. I think it might have been, you know, something more than just TV watching. <laughs> He's like my father, <laughs> but maybe he is my father, and that's why I have daddy issues. That's why. But if you ever talk to uh, Cajuns from the '90s, they were all very into uh, TV fishing shows. In a very odd way. Well, who wasn't in a TV fishing show? I was in a TV fishing show. Yeah, but not like people from Louisiana. They were really into TV fishing shows. Not like this lady in Bill Dance? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get weird, but I, I think something weird was going on. Where, where she just had a thing for Bill Dance. That, that T on his hat and just his goofy personality. I just remember, you know, he used to do those infomercials. And he had one, uh, he had one product. It was like a hideaway uh, trailer hitch. And... It would like I just remember part of the commercial was him walking behind his truck and just nailing his shin on the trailer <laughs> hitch and just like falling on the ground and his hat coming off and him just writhing on the ground just in pain yeah. and uh, that infomercial brought me much joy. Do you remember the Bill Dance uh, the outtakes when the the giant snake fell into his boat and <laughs> he jumped in the water? <laughs> when like it, it fell out of a tree or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I think his cameraman <laughs> fell in the water. Big old snake. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I I can't blame him. That would scare the piss out of me. Oh, dude, I, I couldn't handle that. Oh my god! Yeah, no, that no. I don't I don't do snakes as it is. That would just that would be too much. Well, for those of you who uh, hear a little background noise, we are actually live from Eagle Mountain Lake. We're doing a little fishing. We are. Yeah, it's a my God, man! December fourth, and we're on the we're on the water in shorts and a t-shirt, right? And we are in the officially the shortest pontoon boat ever made. How long is this sucker? This thing is sixteen foot bass buggy. Let me tell you, it's a beaut. Oh, dude, she is short, but she's got a lot of girth to her. She does, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not always the length, but the width is also very important. You know, there's two parts of the equation every time. You know, if you're if you're too long, then just you know, maneuverability is lost. But girth is never a bad thing, right? Because all the nerves are towards the outside, right? I mean, they're not. Oh, is that that was a different topic? Excuse me, Bob. <laughs> I just got a very bad look. Bob's a biologist. So I was trying to get a little more conlinguous 
<laughs> advice from him. Well, I mean, I, I mean, uh, sh- sure. I guess there are uh, most of the nerves are around the outside. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah. I mean, my dad always told me like two inches is all you need. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay. And he's like, yep. There's no nerves in there beyond two inches. You. Turns out, dad, dad was probably lying, but he was a doctor. So, did he really tell you that, or is that just a joke? No, really, yeah, really. He said, yeah, he said like two to four inches is really all you need because <laughs> there's no uh, there's no nerve endings beyond two to four inches. Huh? I I don't know if that's true. Um, well, then all those porns are just lying to people. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like porns are probably bad places to get advice, really, on anything. Uh, yeah, no, I would agree. I think there's a lot of acting going on. Uh, well, I mean, other than you know, the art of cunning linguists, that's that's probably the only thing that that a porn would be good to to look at and learn from. Probably from the lady side. Well, both. So, Bob, this is uh, episode number twelve, huh? Thirteen, twelve. Yeah, this is thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. So, Charlie, Charlie, last week was number twelve. This is uh, number thirteen. So, lucky number thirteen on the lake. December 4th, it's 70 degrees, and yeah, welcome to Texas. Shoot, yeah. Hey, I, Bob, and I, we're, I can't blame people for wanting to move here. Oh, no, this is beautiful. And we're doing a little duck hunting in the morning. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's cold enough, but we'll see. It's only supposed to be about 50 degrees in the morning, but I think it'll be okay. I don't think the duck really mind. Well, we're going to talk a lot more about ducks tomorrow. But uh, today, we're kind of in a special spot right here, Bob. We're off a point here on the north side of Eagle Mountain Lake. Uh, it used to be my secret catfishing spot, but but now the whole world knows. Uh, but you'll see, Bob, off the point, there's a couple of very wide, it uh, looks like driveways that are about 20 feet wide, go down the hill off each point straight into the water. And uh, this whole area didn't make sense to me, so I started doing a little research and found out this is a World War II, I guess it was the Army back then. They didn't have an Air Force, right? Right. It was uh, Ar- uh, the Army Air Force, Army Air Corps. Okay. So, yeah, it was a, a float plane training center. So, they'd slide these float planes straight into Eagle Mountain Lake. And, uh, the, you know, the cool thing is when this lake was really low, I used to go hiking up here because all this was completely dry. And there's still old bunkers that are underneath the water right now. Mm-hmm. Big old concrete bunkers that are just torn to crap that used to be the the targets. So the P-51s and everything or whatever they were, they'd come over and just nail them and bomb them. You know, like they're a bunch of German subs or whatever out here. So this was a this was a happening place back in the 40s, I bet. When did, uh, when did they make Eagle Mountain Lake? Uh, they made it in the late 20s. Okay. Yeah, they had some big flooding problems, and they tried to fill it. It took seven years, and then all of a sudden it filled, like, within a week because, you know, had big flooding rains out here. Uh-huh. But, no, it's a, it's a great place. I mean, full of fish. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful place. I mean, I just like the lakes. I like, you know, Lake Lake Texoma up next to my house. It's, it's beautiful. You, know, you can't really go wrong out here. You know what this lake is known for, Bob? Eagles? No, I don't in, know. In mountains? No, neither of those. <laughs> neither. <laughs> there is a story of a 16-foot alligator gar on this lake, which I believe, I've seen some big dang gars and some big backs on this lake. Mm-hmm. 
But 16 foot, I mean, that's as big as this boat. That's a very large fish. Yeah, but I think they get that big, right? I Shit, I don't know. Uh, yeah. we, we, Me and you have caught a gar that was like, what, three feet? And I thought that was a monster. Can you imagine a 16 footer? That would that would scare me. I wouldn't. What would you do with that? Like, if you caught that, if you had that on your line, what would you do? Well, I'll tell you. You know, back in the day, I used to be fishing out here because when you get in that September October time frame, the air and the water goes down, which means the gar have to come to the top to to scoop up the air, kind of like an alligator. And what they were doing, I was out here catfishing with a big old shad, and they kept stealing my bait. So I was like, man, screw these gar. So I went to the Walmart and got rigged up with some uh, steel leaders, mm-hmm. real heavy-duty stuff. And I got about a six-inch shad on the end of that sucker and threw it out on a big old fat pole. And I saw that gar just circling a big son of a bitch. And she hit it. And now the key with gar, they got bony mouths. Yeah. So you got to let it run and run and run and run for like 50 yards. But then I, I hooked it. And I finally got it, and I fought it to the boat, and I got it to the boat, and I swear this thing was as long as my boat. It was about eight foot. Not as long <laughs> as my boat. But, yeah, I got scared. I was like, what do I do with this thing? And it bit through the steel leader, thankfully. And then <laughs> I was trying to pull it in. You let it go? Yeah. Yeah. It just Then I was done gar fishing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what you do with it. I mean, I've seen on some shows that guys will they'll smoke it for you know a really long period of time. They'll just take the whole fish and throw it in the smoker, and go low and slow for a really long time and it just you know breaks up the meat really well and i've also seen people put it in pressure cookers because it has a lot of bones in it right it's kind of like a it's like a carp with an alligator mouth it does but they have uh, back straps along the back uh-huh like just real thick lines of, of just meat hmm. so I, i've never been into one i think it'd be great though it's an experiment well i'm down for experimenting you know i'm i'm down for whatever but uh, today we are we're catfishing. We are catfishing. What are we using here? This frozen mass of death I've got sitting next to me. Well, Bob, the key to catfishing is bait, having good bait. Mm-hmm. Now, most people are going to argue that you want to use a stink bait or some little thing you buy at the Walmart or the Academy. Nah, the key to the catfishing bait is you got to catch the bait out of the lake where you're catfishing. Uh huh. So I do a lot of throw nets, uh, shad net, and catch the shad, because that's what the catfish are eating out here. And then you can freeze them. I mean, they'll eat shad live, dead. It doesn't matter. But shad is just, it just makes them go crazy, especially when you when you slice open the belly and get that little goo going, because mm-hmm. they like the, the soft, meaty part, or they like the heads. And that's, that's what I have the most luck on, is shad out here, any way you can get them. Hmm. Is that why every time I've gone fishing with you out here, we've never caught anything? <laughs> <laughs> well usually when we go fishing it's the middle of winter for some reason <laughs> well i mean technically is the middle of middle of winter but yeah last time we went fishing together was uh february right Val- texoma? valentine's day morning lake texoma that was uh that was two years ago because i was still drinking and uh five in the morning i don't know why you felt the need we had to get out there at five in the morning and it was no shit, dude. It was 14 degrees. Yeah, it was cold. We were on our little uh, duck hunting boat. This was before the pontoon days. Well, no, you had the pontoon. You just didn't bring it. <laughs> you had true. the pontoon. You were like, no, man, we're bringing, I'm bringing the War Eagle, bro. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, you're going to take me, 
my fat ass, 14 degrees on a n- aluminum boat with, there's no padding. It's just, you're on metal. I'd never been so cold in my life. And I brought beer for a reason. Like what? I was drinking beer at five in the morning because of you. You led to my alcoholism. You know where all that started was I was in a cubicle for 10 hours a day and uh, researching how to catch striper <laughs> in the winter. Is that, is that why we somebody were... <laughs> was saying you could catch the shit out of them? And I don't know. That's just a big lake. It's hard to catch them. What are those? I think those are F4s. Oh, yeah? You see they got the flat wing on them? Or yeah. f no, 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 no. Never mind. Those are F-15s. Oh, cool. A couple F-15s just flew by us. Nice. Yeah, there, there's a... They keep this lake well secured. You don't want to be a Russian on this lake. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if you're driving a, a boat with a bomb on it, I don't think you want to be on this lake. <laughs> no, they can knock you out pretty I mean, good. A suicide bomber went a boat. I'm guessing those are fairly rare. But, I mean, Bridget used to tell me, you know, she drove a patrol boat in the Persian Gulf, and she said uh, it, would, it was actually fairly... It wasn't uncommon. It wasn't common, but it was not uncommon that there would be suicide bombers with boats. You know, instead of like, you know, driving in with a car with a bomb strapped right. to it. No, it'd be a boat. Well, at least that you could jump out in the water last minute. Well, you know, but they don't. Do you think they're around their buddies and like, hey, I'm not going to puss out. I'm going to go all well, the way. I mean, they, <laughs> they want those 75 virgins, you know, when they get to uh, when they get to heaven. Is that the story? 75 virgins? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, I don't know. I've heard so many stories that could could may or may not be total bullshit that they think if they die for the the cause that you know when they go to heaven they'll be gifted with 75 virgins which to me just sounds like medieval thinking the whole purpose of you know being with a virgin is so you don't get a venereal disease really you know really that just sounds like something a bunch of white americans made up that just doesn't make any sense to me maybe maybe not who knows we should look it up we should do some research yeah my biggest question there is it 75 at one time or 75 spread out over Eternity. Yeah, why 75? That's an oddly specific number. Like, why couldn't you just see, say you would be blessed with many virgins? You know, 75, that's oddly specific. You figured it'd be, I mean, a lot of things in the Bible are seven, you know? So why wouldn't they just say seven? Well, Maybe this is one enough. Well, it's not the Bible, it's, uh, it's the Quran. I, think, I mean, they're all kind of similar. Yeah, right? they are kind of all the same, really. Like, even the Quran, you know, the Quran talks about Jesus and talks about Moses, etc. Pretty much like the same stories. It just has a few extra stories in there. Interesting. Do you think it was all aliens back in the day? Um, no, but I do think it, it, there were some psychedelics involved. Hmm. So, you know, how else are you going to come up with a story of like the burning bush? Well, either that's you're having a psychedelic trip or you're talking about redheads. And since the, those chapters and books were written essentially like in the Middle East, I'm Going to go ahead and step out on a limb and say there probably were no redheads. Redheaded women? Yes. Okay. Get it? No. Burning bush. Oh. Ah, bum bum. Wow. Yeah. Did you like that? That one, that one just fly. Oh, that one won for me, Bob. It's, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Anyways, let's not go I mean, down that rabbit hole. You're not, it's all right. you're not into redheads. It's cool. I get mm-hmm. it. Not against them. Well, I mean, you shouldn't be. They're a different kind of woman. You know, not everybody can handle them. Didn't you have a redhead one time? Bridget's a redhead. Yeah, she she is a redhead, isn't she? She is. Yeah. She. I mean, it's, she's a little bit. Of, she's a darker redhead, but she's she's a redhead. She sure acts like a redhead. Yeah, she is. And uh, you know, it's uh, an interesting fact about redheads, and you can look this up. 
is that they have a very high tolerance for pain. And they also require more anesthesia than normal people. Like as much as like 20% more. So like when Bridget goes and has surgery, they have to like, they got to drug the shit out of her. Like they got to keep pumping her full of anesthesia. See, but I, I used to, before I lost all my hair, I used to be a redhead when I was a little guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still you, got some red hairs on me. thought you were blonde. Well, before I was blonde, I was redhead. Bright, bright red hair. I was a strawberry kid. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was a good looking little kid until I got taller and weird looking and gangly. I don't. I mean, I don't think you're a bad looking guy. I mean, Charlie complimented that you were a good looking fella. Uh, you know, some of those other guys got. You know, I've had some compliments. Yeah. He thought he called me pretty though, and I've never been called pretty. I don't know if well, that counts. That was. Yeah, he did say he's like, "Thank goodness you're pretty," because you're a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, getting called pretty and a dumbass at the same time. I think both of those are kind of insults. It's not really what I'm going for. Eh, I think he meant well. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I think he liked me. So. Yeah, no, he did. He did. He was he was very uh, very pleased with the product that we put out. He he really enjoyed being on. So he want he wants to come on again. That's cool. And I think everybody wants to come on again, which is kind of one of the things that we wanted to do is just do something that's kind of fun and you know just talk to people. And if it's a bad experience and people don't want to come back on, then I, I think you pretty much have a pretty bad product. Hey, people enjoy it. If anything, we just get people's stories out there. True. Yep. And we've been able to uh, vent all of our pent-up BS. I think we've got a lot of it. We do. We do. And there's some stuff that, like, you know, I'm not sure I really want to talk about, but I don't care. Like, I got to the point where I don't care. Like, my job is just, like, ugh. Like, so much stuff just pisses me off. And it's it's not really, like, the environment. Like, I know that there's places, there are schools worse than the one I work at. And the one I work at really is not that bad. It's just huge. You know, there's, like, over 3,000 kids in that building. And the place that I worked at before I came to this school is a really small school. There's only, like, a couple hundred kids in the whole school. And I think we had, like, one fight. The whole year, and it was pretty sad as far as like I don't even know if you can classify it as a fight, and uh, but like man, there's fights every day. There's like two fights right outside my room yesterday. You know, Friday it was it was ridiculous. And Is it mainly guys going at it or girls? No, or? both, both. Wow, and it's it's so loud. Is the other thing. It is just constantly like kids running up and down the hall just screaming. So what what goes down on a typical high school fight these days? I imagine everybody's trying to videotape it. And... I'll tell you what, these sons of bitches, these damn kids, like, I mean, the first thing they do is they get their phones out. If they hear anything, and like they hear someone yelling, phones come out and they run towards the yelling. I mean, run. Just because they want the videotape? Yeah, because they want the video. They want to be able to get the video and post it and get likes. That's the only reason. I mean, and I remember when I was in high school, when there was a fight, man, we went because we wanted to go watch. Yeah, like, fights get were it. good times. Yeah, fights were good times. Especially the, the female fights. They got vicious. Oh, my God. That hair pulling. Oh, oh man. There's so many just like dreadlocks that ended up in the hallway just on the ground. Like you just look and there's some girls weave just got pulled out. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's so bad. <laughs> It's so bad. And, but yeah, man, they run. They don't hear shit. They got headphones in. They don't hear anything. But if they, 
they hear some yelling in the hallway, they will, I mean, they will run out of the room, run out of the classroom to go out there with their phones to go video. Do you ever see any good moves or is it, or is it just more no, pushing? No, they're, they're just throwing haymakers. That's it. I don't That's know what they're All they're doing is just throwing haymakers. Uh, I, I really think, and I've talked to the kids about this before. I'm like, if anybody came in to that school and actually knew what they were doing, they could whoop everybody's ass. Everybody. Yeah, if I knew what I knew now back then, it'd be different. Like, I, I would, I mean, doing jiu-jitsu stuff, like, I wouldn't be hitting anybody. Just go try to close that distance and take them down. Yeah. And then choke them out. Say, who's well, my bitch? Yeah, I mean, it's really not. But, I mean, it's not hard to defend against a haymaker. No. That's all they're throwing. They're just loading up. It's hard. And the other thing is, is they they see this too much of this shit on TV where, like, people, like, they, they when they... You know, put your dukes up, and they put them up like above their head, and they're all, you know, like waving their hands around above their head. I'm like, you're leaving yourself just wide open. And then you know, something happened uh, a couple months ago where there was fighting a kid. Did that? He had his hands up above his head, and he's like, I'm gonna beat your ass. And this little kid, little white kid, just kicked him right in the nuts, and it was hilarious. (laughs) And I was just like, well, that's what you get, man. You left yourself open, like. You're talking that shit, and that little kid just kicked you right square in the nuts. That's awesome. And I, uh, it's just, I don't know. When I was in high school, I was pretty stupid. And I, I want to sit here and say that I, pro- that I was not that stupid, but odds are I probably was that stupid. I know in college you were that stupid. I was, I was definitely, there for it. I was definitely that, that stupid in college. But uh, I've never seen so many kids or such a high frequency of kids that are willing to like get in a teacher's face that's the thing that's irritating me the most is just like kids getting in my face and i'm like dude if you put your hands on me i'm going to hurt you and you know they'll like you know they'll rear up to me like they're you know they're posturing and like they're going to want to fight me and they got like their hands down by their by their waist you know they're like you know do something do something i'm like dude i will (laughs) i was like the second you touch me i'm not a teacher anymore you do understand that like if you touch me, the 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 rules change. Like I am now protecting myself. You, the the way the law is written is that n- if you threaten me, if you verbally threaten a teacher, like I'm a government employee. Like if you verbally threaten a, a teacher, it's the same as verbally threatening a police officer. Like I can protect myself however I need to. What are they so mad about? They're just, they're just, they're they don't they just need attention is what it is. Yeah. They don't get any attention at home, and they they. And they're frustrated, and their hormones are going crazy, and they just don't know what to do. And I think a lot of it is just frustration that they they feel like nobody cares. So the only thing that they can really do to get the attention that they really need is to to act out and to to misbehave, quote unquote. And you've been teaching for how long now? 13 years. 13 years. Have you seen it? their reactions get worse over the years um the reactions don't they're not worse they're just more frequent so i mean kid the the kids that grow up in like in bad households and in bad environments they've always been this way it just seems like there's more there's a higher frequency of those types of students now than there was before but it's also could be where i'm working at it's mostly I don't want to say it's mostly a low socioeconomic community because it's not. You know, the, all those damn houses out there are, you know, two hundred fifty thousand to five hundred thousand dollars. They're not cheap, mm-hmm. but 
They also built a bunch of brand new apartment complexes right smack dab in the middle of the district. And we, we all know what happens when you do that. Well, Bob, something I've been, now I've got you cornered on the boat. I was <laughs> wanting to hear uh, your experience teaching at a prison. Did you teach at a prison? I did. I taught at a, uh, I taught at a juvenile prison, which is worse than an adult prison. Because you want to talk about people who do not give a shit. It's juvenile prisoners. Because they can't get any more trouble, right? I mean, they're... No. Like, what do you, what, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, they've been, they've been screwing up their entire lives. They're 17. You know, they know that when they turn 18, when they get become an adult, that their, their record is essentially going to be wiped clean. And all that they can really do to punish those kids is just give them more time in the juvenile prison. Like, technically speaking, you can stay in a juvenile prison until you're, I think it's like 26. Like, if you are a juvenile offender, right? Really? Yeah, I think. Don't quote me on that. It doesn't, I mean, most <coughs> times it's, it's, that's not going to happen. But I think you can technically stay until you're 26. Like, when I was working in the juvenile prison, we had a kid in there that was 21. Which you would think should not happen. But he committed the crime when he was a juvenile. So, you get sentenced to however long in a juvenile facility. And uh, they can't. Like, once you turn 18, they can't send you to the adult prison. Do you, I know you, you saw a lot of bad people there, though. Did you ever feel like you uh, got across to any of those kids? There were a few. And uh, unfortunately, we... Unfortunately, you know, the bad thing is, like, you keep up with them. You know, you... Not like... You don't communicate with them, but, you know, you, you Google them. See what they're up to. You know, see if they're working anywhere, whatever. And um, there were a few that, you know, they got out and they graduated from, you know, and they got their high school diploma, went on to, you know, welding school or something and, and then were became successful. And then there were others that they got out and they just went back and did the same shit. And you'd see him on the news or you read about it in the newspaper. Here's, you know, what's his name? Getting arrested for murder or getting arrested for armed robbery or something. And, uh. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's that, that's the kind of the heartbreaking part of, of working in a place like that is just, you know, you think you've done something good. You've got these kids to get squared away and finish their high school diploma. And you think they're going to go out and, and put their skills to use and they don't. And they just go back doing the same shit they were doing that got them in there. A lot of that's got the environment. As soon as they get back home, they're back in the same environment. Yeah. Surrounded by a bunch of asses. Yeah. They have family members that have all been locked up. They got friends that have all been locked up. You know, they, they get respect because they've been locked up. And it's just, uh, to me, it's kind of depressing that that's even uh, a way that people think that it's something cool to be locked up in jail. Like, I've been in jail. It was pretty stupid. You know, I don't think it was cool at all. But there are people who think that it's cool to go to jail, which I just I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't think it's cool anymore. But uh, for those of you who hear all this air traffic, these are T-38s coming over us lately. You know what the T-38s are famous for, Bob, right? I don't even know what a T-38 is. It's a Air Force trainer jet. But uh, also, in the movie Top Gun, they were the Russians. Uh, the MiGs. Yes. Oh, the so, th so those weren't actually Russian planes. No, they were T-38s oh. painted up as Russians. So those are called aggressor squadron. They're the real deal. Where, uh, you know, there's uh, companies, private companies, 
Uh, one in particular I know about we've been dealing with that bought, I think they've bought like 15 or 20 Israeli F-16s and they paint them up as like Chinese or Russian jets and they go so far to like actually put like Russian helmets on them and, and stars <laughs> and everything and they get into it and they just, being a private company, they can just rip those jets as hard as they want. And they're Do whatever they want. Hmm. Yep. A lot of it's done out in Arizona. That's fun. Well, I didn't know that. So now next time I watch Top Gun, it'll be, all the nostalgia will be taken away. Be like, all this time I thought those were actually Russian MiGs and they're not. They're T-38s. What's a 38 stand for? 38? I, I don't know. No. Well, it's like. The T is the trainer. F is fighter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like the P-52 Mustang, what does a P stand for? Performance. Whoa, <laughs> really? Just make it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what P meant. Hmm. I wonder what the numbers designate. Uh, a lot of times it's just the uh, the contractor making them up, different mm-hmm. codes, like the F-16 versus the F-16V versus, you know, just adding numbers and codes, and, and they go by blocks as they upgrade. Oh, okay. I don't think uh, the fish are very interested in our bait. Well, it's mid-December. And the fish are probably a little deeper than four foot right now, hmm. hanging out. I've never, you know, I've always heard stories about catching giant catfish in the winter. I've never had any luck doing it. I don't know. I've seen some fish jumping, but uh doesn't appear as if anybody is interested in anything that we've got. Well, I, I put you on my secret spot, so there's not much else I can do. Well, no, I'm not mad about it. I'm just pointing out the obvious, really. Nothing, nothing all that important. So something else but, I want to get across to our listeners is the the method of fishing. So my main method of fishing is called drift fishing, where you do absolutely nothing. You just throw out bobblers and you drift. So all of you bass fishing nuts who sit there want to cast 270 times, they just chill out, put a bobber on the shad, and just drift. And that way, when you drift, eventually you'll come across the fish. You just got to cover mass amount of water. Well, if that's the case, should we pull up the anchor and drift? Well, being podcasted, I didn't want to mix up, you know, our podcast lines with fishing lines. And we, we can definitely do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a, a bad idea. But, well, what if we catch these giant fish while we're trying to podcast? Well, then I think that would be exciting for our listeners to hear you get up and running across the eight-foot boat to get to your line to reel it in. I think that would be exciting. Well, the problem is when I catch a fish, Bob, I kind of freak out. I, I know. Throw stuff, phones, <laughs> sunglasses, and now I got all this podcast equipment. Might go over the side of the lake. Well, yeah, better not. <laughs> I mean, like I feel like you would at least take the headphones off, even if you didn't take the headphones off. I think it would be hilarious if you got up and and were reeling it in, and because you make funny noises too when you catch a fish. Yeah, I get, like, I get excited. Yeah, there's some squealing going on and uh, a lot of grunting. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when I do the jiu-jitsu, when I start getting choked, I, I add extra verbal. <laughs> just to, I don't know why, I just mm-hmm. do it. Do you like getting choked? Um, Is it arousing for you? You know, I've started letting it go a little further before I tap, trying to figure out if there is something there. Uh-huh. I haven't found it yet. It just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> my coach was like, we you know when uh, old mower Mike's starting to get close because he's got a giant... Uh, I got a giant vein that goes across my forehead uh-huh. and starts swelling out. Everybody has different reactions. Some people just turn red. Other people have different veins that pop. All sorts of stuff. I've been choked out quite a few times. And every time I've been choked out, it's been by one of my friends who's just like, 
hey, man, guess what I started this week? I'm like, what? They're like, I started training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm like, great. And then like five minutes later, we're at the bar and they like come up behind me and choke me out. That's not cool. No, no. And if James <laughs> Rowland is listening, uh, thank you for choking me out multiple times, you asshole. James, is he the? He was the guy that had the blonde hair back in blonde, college. Yeah. Blonde hair played played scrum half for the rugby team. You, you know, know, I hurt that guy one of my very few rugby practices because we were we were lifting him right <laughs> when you lift him to catch the ball. Yeah, and then I got him way up there and he caught the ball and I just let go of his pants and he just dropped like ten feet. <laughs> he looked at me. He's like, "Dude," and he like, hurt his back. I was like, "Man, I don't know what I'm doing out here. Why'd you drop me?" <laughs> and now, uh, don't worry. That's a that's a common mistake by rookies is just dropping people when you lift them up. So, well, yeah, because you you don't think about it. You just lift them up. We never tell you when we're training new people that come out for rugby. We never tell you. So you lift them up and then you bring them back down gently. We've never said that. We just you're just lifting people, right? And then, like, because, you know, you lift them and you're looking up and you see him catch the ball and you get all excited and you just let go. Yeah. I mean, this was a rugby at Texas Tech, late 90s, early 2000s. There wasn't a whole lot of instruction going on, especially like when I showed up. I didn't know what I was doing. Just, uh, I just remember a lot of running. There was plenty of instruction, just not good instruction. We tried. We learned how to throw the ball backwards and stuff. That was good. I mean, we didn't, we weren't exactly like coached. I don't think we actually had a coach either. We were just we were player coaches, all of us. But there was a lot of passion there. Yes, it's true. We were all definitely, uh, definitely into playing rugby because we really didn't have anything else going for us. No, nobody had much money. They had one van, I think. <laughs> and uh, there were some good times, though. Oh man, yeah, your first rugby tournament. I'm, I think you had a lot too many good times. Yeah, I remember you woke me out in the. Sh- I was laying in the street one night, and then you. Kind of kick me. <laughs> that was not my fault. I don't. I don't remember that. Um, yeah. Well, we showed up at that bar, and somebody on the team knew somebody who worked at the bar, and they just gave us free shots for about three hours. And that didn't work for me when I'm 21 and zero negative self control. You'd be amazed how many times that happened. That just we we would know somebody working at the bar and just get free shots. Like, oh, night. rugby guys like to drink. <laughs> yeah, which was yeah. true. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Should we put these uh, mic condoms on to combat the wind? Uh, we could try. I don't think it's going to work. All right. Let's let's try it. Hey, that did help. A lot. Yeah. Look at that. Huh. Who knew? Back in business. Oh, so man. We're at the base of the freaking airport here. <laughs> Jeez, please. Well, Bob, what are, you, are you excited about tomorrow? Bob's uh, getting to go on his first duck hunting trip. I am. I am actually very excited. Um, cause, yeah, because I've never been duck hunting, and I've heard a lot about it. You know, back in the day, I was a big fan of Duck Commander and uh, Duck Dynasty, and always wanted to go duck hunting. I hear they're delicious. They are. I, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. We'll cook some duck. If we catch, if we shoot at least one, we'll cook it in the morning. And uh, nothing better than a little duck breast with some eggs. Can we spatchcock it? Uh, you can cock anything you want. Just stay away from me. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Uh, now, technically, you could spatchcock a duck pretty easy. Just, now, now, do you grill it? How do you cook it? I just cook it in a pan with some butter, you know, just with the breast. Some people want to pluck the whole thing like a chicken, uh-huh. which takes some more work. But you can do anything you want with them. They are delicious. I don't see your... Uh, do you see your bobber anywhere? I mean, the line isn't tight, but I don't see your bobber. Uh, that's like the fifth time you spilt that damn drink. 
<laughs> oh man, that'd be hilarious. If, oh, that's why. That's why I didn't see it because it's behind us. My bad. My bad. Is there anything on it? Yeah. All right. Well. Well, we're back fishing again. Um. Yeah. No, I'm excited to take you. Show you my spot. And uh, my buddy Chris is coming tomorrow. Who's really damn good at duck hunting. Yeah. Like, so, what are the what are the talents that are required to be good at duck hunting? Well, the key to duck hunting is a well. The first thing is concealment. Mm-hmm. And so, and to have real good concealment. A lot of people are lazy and just think they can just shoot out of a boat or just kind of sit on the side. No. A real duck hunter wants to spend all the time, get there extra early, cover yourself up with all the bushes you can find so the ducks don't see you. So that's the most important part. <laughs> okay. Uh, second, you want to have a good spread out there. So you want to have quality decoys. Now, a lot of people just buy tons of decoys because they think more decoys, the better. Then they put them in big bags in the back of their truck, and they rattle around for about eight months. And then they try to put them in the water, and they don't even look like ducks anymore. They're all scratched up and crap. See, ducks have very good eyes. So, I keep my decoys. I don't have as many decoys. Mm-hmm. I got just over a dozen or so, but they're high-quality decoys, and I keep them in a decoy bag where they don't rub on each other. And I've got flock decoys, which means they actually have furry green heads on them. Oh, my. Yeah, flock decoys are very, very high dollar. So we're going to have flock decoys, and uh, we're going to have ultimate concealment. We have built a blind in my super secret spot out of a cedar tree, as we discussed. So we have concealment. And then my buddy Chris, who is a, a very good duck caller. Now, if you get somebody who's good at calling ducks, it's pretty amazing. They can make them turn, come back. It's like a duck talking to a duck. Now, are you... Good at duck calling? I am. No, I'm not good. Not at all. <laughs> so it's like to the point you'll see tomorrow, like I'm too embarrassed to duck call while Chris is there because <laughs> I don't want to look like a jackass. You do, you know? not, do, you not, do you not practice? I do, but I feel like he's going to look at me like, hey, dumbass, why are you calling? Like I'm, I'm the ultimate duck caller, but well, this is all in my head. Why don't you give, a, why don't you give me an example here? I see you, you've got no, a I duck I do have call. a couple of duck calls here. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Sounds good to me. That sound ducky. Yeah, it sounds like a duck. Huh. Mm-hmm. We'll now see. is there now? Do you have a different call for different ducks? Because I'm assuming that was a mallard. Yeah, that's a mallard. I've got all sorts of, got all mallards, but you know, different mallard calls sound different. <laughs> well, that one doesn't sound right at all. What the hell's that? <laughs> it sounds like a wounded duck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's a there's a there's a big difference in quality of duck calls. These mm-hmm. are obviously crap. Um, I'm assuming those are not Duck Commander duck calls. Uh, one's Primo's. Yeah, one's Duck Commander. Oh, oh okay. Duck Commander calls aren't that great. Really? Um, I've got one of their real high dollar wood ones, and it sounds good till it gets wet, and mm-hmm. then it, it just falls apart. I've got a couple that are, that are pretty good. Now, how long have you been hunting ducks? Hmm. Probably just over 10 years. So, the guy we're going with, Chris, he's the one I started with up at the, the grasslands out north of Decatur. We'd go up there. Uh-huh. And what's funny is, you know, you were asking about if you need a pair of waders. And most duck hunters have waders. But for the first, I'd say, three years hunting with Chris, I was a guy without waders who wouldn't get out of the boat. <laughs> Just like, I'll take care of the boat. Uh-huh. So, it's not till now I realized what a jackass I was, like not having waders and being able to help out with the decoys and stuff. So when I asked you yesterday if I need to go get a pair of waders, I probably should have gotten got a pair of waders. 
No, no, you're you're fine. It just it just brought back memories of me not having waiters oh. forever. That's not a big deal. When we're when we're hunting out of a blind, it, it's all right. So who's gonna go get the ducks? Do you have a dog? That's the big question. So Chris has a dog called Shadow. Uh huh. And Shadow, he always brings this dog. Which Shadow's a great dog, but Shadow has a lot of energy, and he's always moving. So, I assume Shadow will come tomorrow. But, I, you know, what I'm worried about tomorrow is Shadow running up on the bank because we've been, we're on a hunt. You know, the water's public, but the land is private. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the uh, the owners of the land come down and like to check on us on their ATVs. So, if this giant black dog is running around up on the shore, it could create some issues as they, they get, come down with their big revolvers and try to intimidate us. They get pissy. Uh, they do. Until I until I talk to them, usually I can talk them down. They usually try to intimidate with their big gun, and it's like, "Hey, guy, whatever." That happens a lot around here. Guys try to intimidate with guns. It's not like you're like running through their woods and shit, right? Right, but we're we're probably fifty yards from their house. Oh, blasting giant twelve gauge three and a half inch shells. Oh, a lot because we miss a lot. Mm. So you blast through twenty or thirty shells before seven in the morning. You know, in I somebody's could, backyard on Sunday morning. <laughs> Sunday morning as well. I, I'm bet you know. I bet that you're a fan favorite. <laughs> That's amazing. We're pretty close to a neighborhood too. I mean, there's oh woods around gosh. us. But uh, you know, I'm. Hey, that's just Texas. You know, I've I've pulled up at the dock afterwards and had na- like people come screaming at me. Like, what are you doing shooting guns? I was like, oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> I'm like, got a freaking gun right there. <laughs> What are you doing shooting guns? That wasn't me. You got like a boat full of ducks. <laughs> yeah, if you try to get waterfront property in Texas uh, during the summer, and then all of a sudden, you know, November first, whatever it is, lights up, and it sounds like World War Three out there. I mean, you just <laughs> that's just what you what you're on board for the next two months. So, is there going to be a lot of people hunting? Uh, there will be. Most people hunt on the north end of the lake, like up right up there. It's real marshy. Yeah, where I'm at is more in town, so there's not as many duck hunters because they. Whoa, whoa, we got a fish. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, sh- oh, that's a big one. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh. What what we got here? Oh, let's see here. Let me get well, my... There's a live fish. No, let me get the... It's fighting. I've got to... Hold on. You got to keep your rod where's, up where's high. Your, where's your net? <laughs> let me get your net. Bob's got his orange coat. Oh, my gosh. You see this thing swirl? Whoa. Holy cow. We yep. got a big one. What is that? Oh, it's a big old catfish. That's a big catfish right there. Yes, sir. Oh. Yep. Get him in there. Get him in there. Get him in there. Got him. Good job, Bob. Oh, don't drop the microphone. Oh, shoot. Oh, we got him. There oh, we man. go. I really feel like Bill Dance now. <laughs> that there's about a five-foot oh, blue cat. You hear him? Yeah, that's pretty. You hear him? Mm-hmm. That's the catfish growling at us. He's saying. He's saying, hey, <laughs> asshole. Sucks. Thanks for catching me. All hey, Bob, right. can you hand me my pliers? They're right behind you. Yeah, sure, hold on. Yeah, no, we've got a good good eating catfish right here. Yeah, he's good size. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to do my patented uh, no-touch release because catfish are very, very slimy. So I've got a very strong right wrist. So I like to... <laughs> <laughs> so what I'll do here, Bob, see, I'll just grab that hook right there and just give it a good... A good yanking on. That didn't work at all. Yep, he's definitely still on the hook. <laughs> <laughs> this 
poor bastard's gonna have to get reeled in twice. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta catch this fish. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. I, I, I sure talked up that. The patented mower mic one catch fish fire release method. I'm catching him twice. We're really working this dude out. Boy, I really didn't think we'd catch a fish today, Bob. Well, better get your mic. You're still on the. You're still on. Oh. You're still on uh, social media here, podcasting. Oh, they can hear me. All right. So, uh, gotta get the net. Get them again. All right. Oh, that's all right. Poor damn fish. Jesus right. Christ. Get your pliers. This fish is just looking at me like you assholes. <laughs> but he's always smiling. He's a happy fish. Oh, there we go. I gotta get it a little tighter. Well, a little closer. I think we took his right eyeball out. Oh, but man. He'll be okay, Bob. Because what you don't realize is catfish, they live by their sense of taste. So that, uh, and smell. So all that slime uh-huh. on them, it's like a giant tongue. They're just tasting the water. Oh, look at that. Patent release worked that time, baby. Got him. Nice. Good job, Mike. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Well, that was a good time. Well, Bob, I wish we had that on video. That was that was interesting. <laughs> well, that, that'd have been better. No, but on the podcast, we could say that fish is as big as we want to make it. Well, I mean, in all reality, he was a good, probably, you know, what, you know, four pounds. You know, I'd like to say four, or six five? to seven, but an honest, that was probably a three pound catfish, three to four. That's not bad. I mean, that's decent. Yeah, no, that's good looking fish. Very healthy. Put up a good fight twice. Yeah, I mean, when your fishing pole first been up, I was like, oh, shit, we got a big one. Yeah, I thought it was a gar. But, uh, well, Bob. But you did definitely get up and <laughs> you got excited really, really fast. <laughs> That's fishing for you, man. <laughs> but what kind of what kind of catfish was that? That was a blue? That was a blue cat. Blue cat. Yeah. Are those, those are the ones that are good eating? The, I think they're delicious. Really? So, a lot of people say the flathead catfish is the tastiest. But to me, I don't know. The blue cat's. And blues are very aggressive. Uh-huh. They'll uh, they'll feed like a bass, even right now, because we're we're fishing pretty shallow, about four foot of water, and they get aggressive this time of day, and they'll they'll start hitting the top. I mean, just like a bass. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, catfish, especially blue cats, they're not the lazy catfish just rolling around the bottom eating eating other catfish poo. These guys are going aggressive. Hmm. Going after live bait. I know. Uh, do you ever do you, you ever done like catfish noodling? Why does everybody ask me that? Well, I, I guess okay. I guess the, guess the answer to that question is no. no. Why would I ever want to stick my hand underwater in a hole, not knowing what's in there? I mean, that just sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> oh, I've got lots of jokes. I'm sticking my stuff in holes all the time. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I don't know where I'm sticking stuff in holes, Bob. Uh, in the dark. Yeah, I mean, unless you see where you're going. Yeah, I wouldn't just dive in there, you know. Well, that's half the fun, you know, <laughs> not really knowing what's down there. I mean, maybe if I drank enough, <laughs> you know. But, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I've just, I don't know. I figured maybe you've done a lot of things that I have not, so I figured why maybe you have gone noodling. I think only people in Oklahoma do that. You know, that's one of the only few states where it's actually completely legal is oklahoma is it not legal in texas it wasn't for a long time really yeah it might have started being legal but i, I don't think it is i wonder how they got started like what the hell is it? like well I, I don't 
I'd be afraid that I would stick my finger in a snapping turtle's mouth. Yeah, and there's huge ones out here. And some of those guys, like, they're missing fingers because they did exactly that. They stuck their finger in a damn snapping turtle. But they love it. And those guys, you know, they, they kind of, you see them on TV, those Oklahomians. I mean, they look like they're out of shape, but they'll fight those catfish underwater. Yeah. Those are like, and they're like 40-pound catfish. They're yeah. huge. I know. I mean, I only really watch one, Hannah Barron, you know. That's it. She's Is the only that one the, that I'll the watch. The chick that yeah. does it? Yeah. yeah I've seen that, too. That's I got the only one. It's, it's pretty hot. <laughs> I mean, it helps that she's, you know, pretty good looking. I can't stand to listen to her talk, but. Well, that's not why you're watching her, right? I'm watching, not listening. If you're on a boat with her, do you think you would get, like, aroused by that? Her with a catfish versus her just, like, laying out, tanning? Yeah, I'm just going to answer the question, yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that shit's hot, dude. Like, anytime, like, a a female, a good-looking female is doing something that is... Is difficult and dirty and wet. Hell yeah, I'm gonna get aroused. I'm not saying I'm gonna like pitch a tent, go six to midnight, like immediately, like in front of everybody. But you know, I mean, like you gotta remember that that moment for later that evening. <laughs> Are you gonna, no, uh, let, let, let's no, take this a little I'm a, further. I'm gonna put it in the spank bank. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you get home with uh, Miss Hannah after she's been wrestling cats all day, and she uh she's got catfish slime head to toe. Would you rather her shower off that catfish slime or just slide into bed and, and just get naughty? Um, I'm a very neat and clean lover. Okay. So, yes, everybody has to shower, including myself. Like I Really? Yeah. yeah. I thought you liked it dirtier than that. No, no. 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 Um hmm. and I'm going to tell you why. There's a story behind this. <laughs> this is good. You know, I used to play rugby. Okay, and we used yeah. And we used to go to go to the bar right after rugby games, right? And we'd be dirty and stinky and gross. And, you know, there would usually be, like, women's rugby games right after ours or before ours. And, like, the women's rugby players would hang out with the guys. And everybody was just dirty and stinky and sweaty and gross. And a couple times of that, hooking up. Yeah. With, with, like, a female rugby player, or like, or like, I'm just gross, and I hook up with a chick, and I'm just like, this chick has absolutely zero, like, morals if she's hooking up with me right now, because I am disgusting. Like, I am gross. Yeah. And, like, there 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 were a couple times where I'm like, look, I understand that you're, we're hot and heavy, and uh, you really want to get in my pants right now, but I need to take a shower. And, like, I've had, there have been times where I've. They've been arguing with me, like, no, like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Like, like, no, 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 no. Really. Um, I'm, I need to take a shower. Wow. I can't say I ever had that issue in college because I, I didn't have that many opportunities. Probably self-induced. Yeah, well, I, I was there for a few. There, <laughs> I do remember. You were there for a few attempts. I, I remember one time we were, oh, boy, we were hanging we out in the bar. And like, <laughs> we're just sitting there chit-chatting. We're just chatting up this one chick, right? Mm-hmm. We no, we actually lived in the dorms. I remember, and uh, we were we were at a power hour on Friday. We're at Blue Light, right? No, we were at Bash's, and we were drinking three dollar pitchers on Friday afternoon during power hour, and we we're just chatting up this girl, and she just like out of nowhere, I don't know how we got on this subject, but she's like, "I've always wanted to do two dudes at one time." Do you remember that one? I do. I'm <laughs> surprised you're saying this on the podcast, but go ahead and finish the story. And like you, you, me, you just looked at each other like, uh, because you know we're 
what were we, like 19? Yeah, we were pretty young. 19, probably not even 20. <laughs> we're just like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do right now. And I'm pretty sure my hook is caught on something. Oh, but, great. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can pull that out of the holder. It's yep. like a $200 rod there. Just release it there. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely stuck on a rock or something. We'll get it later. But I mean, that was a great. I mean, that was a great story. Uh, oh, it came loose. It's cool. Yeah. What's funny is I still remember that. I think I was a little more game than you were for that situation. No, you definitely were because you were like, <laughs> the, your line that followed her statement when she was like, "I've always wanted to do two dudes at one time." <laughs> you were like, "Well, you know." Uh, <laughs> I mean, and you did it so like perfectly, like when the timing and everything, like from when you like you t- took a drink of your beer, you're like, well, you know, I mean, if you want to have a threesome, then it's fine with me. <laughs> like Bob, how about you? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, sure. And then like we got back to the dorms and we went and ate, and we're just like, damn, dude. We totally screwed we it totally, up. We totally, we totally, we missed out. Like, what were we, what were we thinking? We like, we went back to the bar <laughs> to go see if she was still there. <laughs> I think we had to, we had to pump each other up. Just like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, you cool with this dude? You cool? You all right? You seeing my balls? All right, because I'm cool with seeing your balls. She was kind of hot. So, like, the be- the funniest part is that we went back to the bar to see if she was still there, and yeah. she was not. Those were some desperate times. <laughs> um wow with that bob i say we wrap this up oh, before it gets even more awkward oh man it's getting kind of dark what's for dinner i'm gonna make you a stir fry a what yeah yeah i yeah no i make a special stir fry i got that uh beef mike gave me really damn good uh-huh and ground beef with uh we got some fancy uh peppers and there's a new type of lettuce I've been using it's like an Asian lettuce. I forgot what it's called kimchi bok, or bok, bok choy. Bok choy, yeah, that it's, stuff's delicious. It's cabbage. I've gotten into that lately. So uh, it's yeah. cabbage. I forgot to throw you for a loop on this one. <laughs> yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I might record it and put it on. Uh, put it on my kitchen cooking channel. Oh, it's fine. It's heavy meat, heavy vegetables in a big pan. I think it's. I think that's fine. I. I, I think you. Uh, I think you need to do this. I think we need to do this together. Okay. Just like we didn't do when we were in college. All right, enough of that. (laughs) All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we're going to get back to the dock. Hopefully our boat starts. Come back next week where we will follow up with our duck hunting adventure on Sunday morning.